You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams, Rusty Mansell of Dogs 24-7. Early signing day, 2019, 2020, however you want to look at it, for the 2020 class is in the books. Uh, big day for Georgia, very productive day for Georgia, and that's what this is all about. We're, we're talking early signing period, early signing day, uh, what's next for Georgia after the early signing period, all of that stuff. And listen, we're the first ones to realize it's been a little while since we've been able to get the podcast going. I told our board here the other day, we've gotten a crash course on podcast, early signing day and holiday season, all kind of stacked in there to one. But we're with you. We're going to talk about it. We're going to discuss it all. Uh, But before we do that, uh, Rusty, your early signing day experience, uh, holiday season, what's going on with you, man? Bit off more than I could chew. I'll be straight with you. Uh, I went from Naples, Florida, to freshman All-American game, which was Adidas freshman All-American game. Unbelievable. Uh, just unbelievable talent for freshman All-American. Uh, I mentioned one kid out of the state of Georgia, Dylan Lonergan, who's a Brookwood quarterback who played, uh, started every game in 7A this year. Uh, very, very special. Able to do the National Signing Day thing for 6A, the fan over in Atlanta. Uh, talked with Justin Robinson and, and uh, a few of the Georgia guys that day, but Came right into the Georgia League Classic this weekend, which I made a notes on uh, C.J. Washington, a young man out of Cedartown High School who was unbelievable how quick he is off the ball. I mean, one of the – I mean, there were kids not getting their hands on him. Uh, that's how quick he was. You know, he's about 6'2", so I don't know if he's – I think he could wind up being an inside linebacker, but uh, the more I get to know him, man, just a lot of Nick – you know, works out every day with Nick Chubb in the offseason, 6 a.m., and – the more I get to know him, the, the the more he's got that type of mentality. Just work hard, uh, come to work. Picked up a Georgia and Tennessee offer today, so twenty twenty two prospects off to a great start, and uh, look forward to to covering him the next couple of years. Kit, what's it looking like for you, man? I mean, I'm just you know got a chance to kind of catch our breath here after this early signing period. You know, it's it's you know it's pretty hectic just that overall day. Uh, I, I did enjoy the fact that, you know, after Wednesday, you know, there was kind of just that coming back to normal. There weren't a lot of prospects that kind of extended the process. We've had some times where whether it be early signing period or national signing day, some guys kind of, uh, there's a little bit of drama, you know, while there was some with five-star Jordan Birch, not, signing his national letter of intent you know that overall for georgia you know once wednesday evening hit you know that that was kind of it and just overall most of the class being kind of you know sewn up right now it's all about getting prepared for these uh all-american games that rusty and i are going to be covering and kind of turning the focus forward right there because i mean georgia's about done and Looks like they'll be even closer to being done after those All-American games. So, you know, I'm just catching my breath and kind of just enjoying the the holiday week and and uh, 
looking forward to putting a lot of stakes on the smoker over the over the next five seven days once we once this rain stops and we have a chance to get out there on the grill i know you guys are going to be also looking forward to putting some steaks on there as well yeah absolutely i i can't wait uh, and and I, I smoked some wings up tonight so i mean I, I really don't let the rain deter me uh but but uh yeah man i'm i'm ready to kind of enjoy some some downtime i'll have a week in new orleans before i can do that i know everybody's gonna feel bad for me all that time at the blackjack table i'm about to have and uh and uh, all the good uh, Cajun food I'm about to eat. But uh, let's jump right into kind of the, the big story, from my perspective at least, on the early signing period, and that is Georgia's work at wide receiver. And Rusty, I mean, you put the last two classes together, and I know Georgia wasn't where it needed to be at wide receiver this past year, but when you take these past two classes, I feel like, I mean – that's something you can build on right there. And, and, and can you just kind of talk about the way it unfolded for Georgia on, on Wednesday for at the, at the wide receiver position? Well, I mean, obviously we felt, uh, I think me and Kip both touched on it for a while, that we felt things were trending with Arian Smith out of Lakeland, Florida, the six foot one, 175 pound speedster. You know, we've talked about it many times, 10-3 laser, maybe the fastest player in the country. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that right now there's a young man that's faster than Arian Smith. Uh, playing high school football so you get that vertical threat you know we talked about Justin Robinson for a while Marcus Rosamy is a guy that I got a chance to watch Friday night or Saturday night whichever one it was and against uh, St. Louis out of uh, Hawaii and you know the guy's got ball skills I thought his change of direction was better than I even thought he's a 6'2 195 pound kid but I think the one we all watched was Jermaine Burton and I think me and Kip um we used every ounce of sources we could even find because Jermaine had shut things down. Um, you know, we tried to, we tried to uh, put bits and pieces together to figure out. We Once we knew that he had taken multiple visits uh, without LSU staff, knowing obviously we take it serious at that point, um, you know, I kept – I picked him on my final prediction – and didn't have any didn't have any inside information. I had what I thought was, listen, if you're going to take two secret visits, something's going on. Uh, it's kind of like George Pickens last year. I said, if Pickens wants to end this, all he's got to do is put a tweet out. I'm signing with Auburn. And one of those things I kind of learned from, I, you know, I kept saying something's not right here, something's not adding up. Pickens signs with Georgia. Jermaine Burton took two visits. Uh, Kip worked the phones all day, did a good job of that, and, and got some great information probably about two hours before the announcement where we felt good. Our LSU guys had, you know, worked their sources and kind of pieced together. But, man, on the player-wise, Jermaine, since I've watched him a couple of times live at Hateville Charters, a freshman. I watched him work out at Marietta while the short time he was there a year and a half ago. And uh, just great route runner, ball skills, you know, huge hands, natural ball catcher. Um, you know, just an all a home run hit for Georgia with this what they did with 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 Dominic and and, and Pickens and those guys to to go back to back classes. Man, what a uh, what a huge upgrade! And that's just being honest is about to happen in that room. They're, they're about to bring some dudes in there, and you give those guys a little bit of time to get polished and learn the college game. We got we got to caution everybody. Uh, you know, like I said, it took Pickens five or six, seven games before he became that dude. And 
um, you know, it's going to take these guys a little while as well. But, man, the, the future for Georgia wide receiver, it's, it's game-changing. You know, I think the thing that stands out to me the most is all the boxes being checked off. And you look at the size aspect. I mean, Justin Robinson's a big guy. Marcus Rosemey's a big guy. Uh, Jermaine Burton and Arian Smith aren't small by any means. Everybody's over six feet tall, so that's there. Uh, you've got speed. You've got quickness. You've got route runners. You've got 50-50 ball guys. You've got guys who track the ball well. I mean, all of the, the boxes have been checked off. And I felt like, you know, where <clears throat> when you look at Georgia's wide receiver core in 2018 and even 2017, that, you know, the, Georgia didn't put up huge passing numbers, but I felt like they, they did a good job of getting by with what they had because they checked off all the boxes. They had your big physical guys. They had your sheer-handed guys, your possession route receivers, a guy who could take the top off the defense. And now I think they've got that and more in terms of talent. And and that's what this class kind of brings. And then you throw Dominic Blaylock in there from last year's class and George Pickens. Uh, it's just a really, really talented group and one that that you know should attack or attract a really good quarterback. Uh, you know, here in the next couple years, and and you know they got a good one in Carson Beck, a guy that I feel like's got all the tools in the world. But Kip, from the wide receiver point standpoint in this class, is there one thing that kind of stands out to you? Is there is there anything that stands out to you about this group that you just really like and 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 you know feels like that can kind of be the calling card for Georgia in the passing game uh, in the future with these guys at the helm? Well, just taking it one step further, uh, I love what Georgia's got in this group when you talk about special teams. You know, the the potential for Arian Smith and Jermaine Burton in the return game is, is, is I don't want to say off the charts, but it's very high. I mean, these guys are extremely dangerous with the ball in their hands. And, and I think that that's an aspect that, that Georgia has to be really excited about. I mean, you watch as the season progressed. You know, they went to Dominic Blaylock, you know, to, to give them that steady production in the punt return game. But as far as, you know, having a guy who can break that, you know, that long return, you didn't really see that consistently this year. That aspect of the game was not there after Miko Harbin left, you know, early for the NFL. You know, guys like him and Isaiah McKenzie, you didn't have that aspect, you know, as far as George on special teams. And I really think you look at those two guys, I mean, they're definitely guys who can bring that to the table. And, and you love the fact that, you know, not only do you you flip Jermaine Burton, but, I mean, he's an early enrollee. So you're getting him on campus, you know, immediately. Him and Justin Robinson are going to be there in the spring. And especially, you know, with Dominic Blaylock coming back from injury, there is an opportunity for these guys to come in and, and really – you know, get in tune with the offense, whoever's playing quarterback for Georgia next season. They have a chance to really build some chemistry there. And that is something that we obviously saw as this last season unfolded it is extremely important for, for Georgia's offense. So I, I really like what they bring to the table. You know, I really was impressed just with the fact that, you know, Scott Fountain, what they were able to do with Arian Smith, a guy that, you know, they really – kind of won that thing over over the summer getting him on campus you know they were really started trending there after after he came back up to georgia you know making so many trips and, and getting him on campus in athens really able to get him and his, his family comfortable and then kind of just working that recruitment toward the end everyone thought that arian smith was going to take his recruitment to february you know and i heard that 
uh, you know, I, I'm not so sure that's going to happen. There is a chance that that maybe he's going to sign early, and I think that Georgia kind of played that really well, just knowing that he might be interested in signing early. And so why don't we go ahead and lock up that official visit for that last weekend before that early signing period? It's a roll of the dice because if he doesn't sign then – you have schools that are going to get them on campus in January, and you may have already used up that visit. You know, it could have been, you know, risky, but they felt comfortable that he was going to sign early. They were ahead of the ball in that aspect, and it really paid off for him for them getting a guy that, like we said, could be the most explosive player in the country. Definitely a guy with high upside. I think him and Justin Robinson, they have more of the, that raw ability right now. Got the you know there's going to be a learning curve for both those guys, but the you know the physical talent is off the charts. I mean, and then on the flip side, you know Jermaine Burton I think gives you a little bit of everything. Kind of a lot of people bring up Odell Beckham with him, which is just an you know really difficult comparison to make for any high school player. I think he gives you some of that Jamar Chase capability, a guy that can get separation and, and do. A lot of things after the catch and, and is able to break tackles is really strong. A real, just a, a a really strong player, strong hands, and that helps him get separation off the ball. And, and overall, if we're talking about a guy that's going to make an impact early on, I mean, Marcus Rosemi just feels like that that plug and play guy in Georgia's offense that fits exactly what they like to do offensively. You know, outside winning those 50-50 balls, a guy who looked outstanding in the state championship game and on national TV in that national game, a guy that does really well just coming back and, and attacking the ball and, and is able to get separation regardless of of what his 40 time is. He might be a mid 4-5 guy, maybe 4-6 flat, somewhere in there, but, but he doesn't have a problem. Um, you know, finding the, the hole in the defense and, and, and getting open. And I don't think he's going to have a problem at the next level. So, I mean, I agree with you, Jake. I think it's an outstanding blend of guys. You have upside. You have guys like Rosemary who I think can come in and, and and have an impact immediately. And you got a couple guys on campus, you know, in the spring to help out and, and get acclimated in an offense early. So I, I just think it's it's exactly what Georgia needed this cycle for talking about needs you know, we talked about coming into this season about Georgia needing to pr- replace a lot of wide receivers, and it's exactly what they did this cycle. And I think that while, you know, that kind of was a negative factor for Georgia in the 2019 season, you, you, we might be talking a year from now about how it could be the strength of the football team. Let's take a break real quick. And on the other side, I want to ask you guys, uh, what's a position group, a player whatever, however you want to handle it, that maybe not be getting a whole lot of pub in this class, but is is really stands out to you and you expect maybe big things from it. But we're going to go to a break real quick, let these folks read their ads, and then we'll be on the other side. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
All right, guys. Rusty, going to start it off with you. Is there a position group? Is there a player? Is there a, 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 a maybe it's a group from a state who you know, however you want to organize it, that that maybe is is a huge part of this class that that maybe not a, be actually getting the attention it deserves. I don't think that um, you know. Obviously, people look at him and talk about you know how talented he is and all that. But I had let me be careful how I phrase this. Had two different circles of people that I talk with uh, that I trust, and neither one of them know each other. And both told me in the last three to four weeks that Jalen Carter might be the best player in the country, regardless of position, because of he is a dominating athletic defensive tackle. And both guys, I asked both guys. Do you see Derek Brown? And both of them easily said no question about it. I'm not saying he is, but I'm telling you, if Jalen Carter didn't commit early, that recruitment would have been front-page news until the minute he signed. There's only four or five like that per class, three or four maybe. Georgia went in and got one. Kip, is he in the Under Armour game? He is. Yeah, I I expect. Kip's going to be down there all over. I fully expect. Jalen Carter to go down there and put well basically go across town and put on a show. I will be very surprised if we're not talking about Jalen Carter and 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 much higher ranked than he is right now uh, on the twenty four seven Sports Composite. He's fifty third in the country, four star prospect. These guys I've trusted in the past. Uh, they've been good to me on evaluations. Let's see what he does, but I fully expect. I just don't think people are really talking about Jalen Carter. Uh, you know, Georgia had some misses on defensive line, and that's but Scott Fountain, another tremendous job in the state of Florida. Arian Smith and Jalen Carter, two absolute game changers, in my opinion. But I'm very interested to see how high Jalen Carter can go if he does have a great performance next week. I was uh, I was up at UGL National Signing Day or on early signing day, and I got in there about eight thirty in the morning. Uh, it just as kind of a, a side here, every signing day, it's kind of a tr- it's kind of a, a quest to get to the University of Georgia because it's so much is going on in terms of what we've got going, and we've got certain guys that we're writing stories for and and a live blog to keep up with. And I ended up stopping like four times on my way up there, but as soon as I walk through the door, I see a guy that's there. And and he works for UGA. He's not necessarily with the football program anymore, but uh, uh, he the first thing he asked me is Jalen Carter signed yet? Because he had met Jalen Carter in person uh, when he had come on a visit, and he said it was he said it was by far one of the most impressive prospects he's ever seen on the hoof, and he's seen a lot of them. So that that just kind of lets you know the kind of physical presence the kid has. And then on top of that, I think the athleticism goes without saying. Played a lot of tight end as a junior and, and is still best football still ahead of him. So uh, I definitely think you're, you've got something there. And I also want to point out the fact that Georgia's got two high upside players they're surrounded him with in this class already in Nazir Stackhouse and, and Warren Brinson. I mean, I think both of those guys are potential big-time players down the road. So they got kind of the bell cow that you feel yep. really good about being a superstar, and then they got a couple of really good developmental guys that that are still four-star prospects and and uh, have all the talent in the world. Kip, is there any position, any guy, any group that stands out to you as maybe underrated that, that Georgia signed uh, on Wednesday? 
I'm not going to lie. When you asked that question, I planned on saying exactly what Rusty said. I mean, I just, I, I, I think that Jalen Carter's the biggest recruiting win for Georgia this cycle. I mean, I, I've been high on him all along. I think that right now, after you look at uh, Brian Brissy, the the number one, you know, arguably the number one player in the country, I think Jalen Carter's right there. I mean, just the the physical upside that he brings to the table. And the video that I saw from them in the state championship game, I mean, you know, he played like a five-star in that game. And playing defensive line full-time for the first time this season, you could see that physical upside there. And just the fact that the the pure power and athleticism that he has, he, he is taking offensive linemen and just, and just completely directing them into the backfield to the quarterback, to the ball carrier. You know, I love what Jalen brings to the table. I think he was a uh, either running up or he was in the state championship last year in weightlifting as well. I think he's got like a – he had a 395 bench at the time. And, 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 you know, while that number might not be off the charts, you know, when you have the, the you know, the longer arms, longer wingspan, that bench press, it's, it's a longer rep. <laughs> so this, you know, this isn't a, a 5'10", 200-pound – you know, fullback doing the, the bench press. He's putting a lot of weight on that bar still and, and, and getting that, you know, locking those arms all the way up in that rep. So it's still an impressive number. I just think that, you know, he's a guy that, you know, you look at Georgia's defensive line play over the last couple of years. Uh, they've been solid this past year. You know, they took kind of that next step against the run, but they don't, they haven't had guys who are considered, you know, uh, marquee, uh, you know, national names. And the production is not off the charts, but Jalen's a guy who has a chance to have that kind of impact and uh, to really be a difference maker in the front in in that you know that front seven and allow Georgia to do a lot of different things defensively that maybe they haven't been able to do before. And and I look at the rest of the defensive line class, and as you said, with Warren Brinson and, and Nazir Stackhouse, you have a couple guys that are six four right around 300 pounds. I really think that that Stackhouse, you know, had an excellent senior season, highly productive, very disruptive in the backfield on a team that it's not a strong team, but but he he was in the backfield, you know, pretty consistently throughout the year and and really could be another pass rushing presence on the front, which is Again, that's just a bonus for Georgia for what they're wanting their guys to do. And I think Warren Brinson's got a great frame on him as well. You know, a lot of athleticism in this trio and, and something that, you know, Georgia really needs. With the, the seniors are losing in this class. I think that, you know, we I talked about wide receiver. Defensive line was right up there as well. And, and I think that they, they got three guys who can come in and, and – potentially I'm not saying all three, but they can have more than one guy that's on that too deep and, and, and helping play actual, you know, important snaps toward the end of the season. So I really like the group uh, and, and think that it's something that wasn't written about, but I mean, they locked that group up real early and got what they need there. And that allowed them to kind of focus on other positions and start, and start kind of chipping away at this class. So you, you love that. If you can get these guys in early and and, and keep them, uh, you know, it, it helps you out a lot. I know a lot of schools uh, were, were trying to get in on Nazir Stackhouse and, and try to get him to extend that process to January. So cr- credit Georgia for able to, 
you know, they get him to, to sign in the early signing period and, and lock down that position group with three guys that, that we think are SEC quality guys as potential starters down the road. You know, I, I look at this class and, and you know, the defensive line, I, I completely agree. I don't think there's enough chatter about that. I think that the offensive line, even with two guys still out there and Cedric Van Pran and Broderick Jones, also tremendous job there. And, you know, I, I, we've talked about Austin Blasky on our site. I, I think that was a big-time signing for Georgia and, and you know, interviewed national preps uh, writer – I mean, not writer, sorry, national preps evaluator Joe Winning about him, and Joe kind of gushed about the kids really high on him. You got Devin Willick, who is a big, massive, high-upside kid. Got Tate Rattledge to stick, Chad Lindbergh. I think all of that's really important. But this is – but my underrated po- – guy is is going to segue kind of into where we kind of want to end the show up here and that's Carson Beck man and listen I know his senior season didn't work out the way he probably wanted it to like Georgia fans would have wanted it to he had an awesome junior year but Rusty when you came out after at the international signing day or at you know the next morning whenever it was and said what you said about Carson Beck, about the fact that he didn't care if Georgia recruited another guy. He said, go get one. Doesn't matter. To me, you know, listen, the, the, the guy may, he may not live up to his physical capabilities. You know, 6'4", 224 pounds. Uh, really good athlete, really good arm. He's got all the tools in the world. Can be as good as he, you know, if everything clicks as he wants to be. But... Whether that works out or not, just having a guy like that in your program, getting a guy like that in your program that's like, hey, I don't mind competing. Like, I, You can bring in another quarterback with me if you want to. I'll compete with him because there are so many guys out there, man, that are just like, I want to be the only quarterback you sign. And, and for him to kind of take that attitude and, and kind of put the team first before he was ever really part of it, I, I thought was huge, and and you know I I know you brought that up as part of that, but I just want, kind of wanted to give you an opportunity to expound upon that, Rusty, and and maybe talk about what you think Beck can be in the future. Dealing with these recruits day to day for years, um, it, there's certain things that I kind of watch to see, um, you know, maybe warning signs, this type of thing. You know, they love football, they love recruiting, you know, they love the attention, whatever. Carson Beck. I barely talked to him like twice, and I met him in person at the Adidas All-American uh, National Championships in Tampa. He basically told us from day one, I'm coming to Georgia. We kept asking and talking to people, are they going to take a second one? they taking a second one? He goes, I, I told them they can recruit whoever they want. It didn't matter who Georgia recruited. As long as he was in this class, which Georgia wasn't there, he wasn't going anywhere. I mean, he was someone they evaluated and coveted and got. So, you know, it says a lot. Not only does he he never ask about his profile, he never asked what his ranking was, never asked about stats, never worried about any of that. And you'd be surprised how many times that's kind of brought up by by I would say you know high level kids, prospects, quarterbacks, especially. He basically said, "I don't care." I'm going to Georgia, and whoever's on that roster, I'm competing with. And I think that the Georgia fans kind of lost, not all, but a good majority kind of lost focus of Carson Beck was a highly recruited player. And he got down to basically Florida and Georgia, and, and, and Florida really, really wanted him very badly. And he takes one visit to Georgia, and things changed with an offer, and it was over. 
So, you know, people talk about Dominique Blaylock and, you know, how he handled the recruiting process and he was all about football. And, you know, Carson Beck gives me that same vibe. I think people are really underselling him. Uh, and, and I think Georgia fans, you know, probably shouldn't close the book on his chances because I'm telling you, he's got a lot of makeup. He's highly, highly football IQ. Got a big arm. He's 6'4", 6'3 and a half, whatever he is. I'm, I'm seeing him in person, a big dude. So I just think Georgia fans are kind of, uh, you know, acting like that that might be not a great pickup. That was a heck of a pickup. And I'm telling you, his intangibles and what I know about him and for him to say, I'm coming, bring anybody, says a lot about a kid that has to step in a huddle every single play and have 10 other guys believe he can do it. And that's the difference in quarterback. 10 other guys have to believe that you can make the play. And his makeup mentality says a lot about him. He also gives you the impression that he could be a little bit of a unicorn from the quarterback position that he may stick around two or three years even if he's not the starter. Uh, you know, he may be the kind of guy that that there's just almost none of them anymore that they kind of wait around two, maybe three years. Uh, one guy comes in, maybe maybe Fromm stays for his senior year, maybe Georgia goes for a grad chance further year after that or whatever, and all of a sudden he's sitting there as a redshirt sophomore, redshirt, you know, fourth-year junior, and – then it's his time, and then you've got a veteran who's developed and been sent, spent some time in the system. We've seen how that's worked out for Georgia in the past. DJ Shockley won Georgia in the SEC championship game, and you know while Hudson Mason didn't exactly light it up from the quarterback position as far as stats go, he had one of the most efficient seasons in school history and the highest scoring offense in school history. Uh, thank, thanks in large part to some great tailbacks, but he made some big throws for that team too. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things where. Uh, he kind of gives you the impression that he might handle things a little differently than, than a lot of quarterbacks are handling him now, uh, although it's not going to surprise me if he does move on early if he's not the starter and and uh, and again kind of go the transfer portal route. Uh, Kip, any quick thoughts on Carson Beck before we, uh, we kind of start to wrap this thing up? I'll add to what Rusty said. I mean, not only did Carson not ever worry about the ranking, uh, you know, I, I communicate regularly with his father. And I mean, Rusty, we, we've, I mean, we've had a lot of parents we've kept a lot, you know, in touch with throughout the process, and sure. quarterback parents. His father never brought up anything with his ranking at all, and never, I mean, never even commented on it, never said a word about any changes that happened there, which way or or where is he now. The only thing he he would update is is Carson's diving into the playbook. Carson's ready to get up there. The focus for Carson has been, since he committed, learning Georgia's playbook and transitioning and preparing himself to compete for that position at Georgia. That has been his sole focus, you know, other than obviously you know, trying to help his team, his high school team at Mandarin. But, I mean, he he felt very confident that he would go into next spring and next summer, you know, completely – uh, you know, in tune and knowledgeable of Georgia's playbook as much as you can be. And, I mean, however you feel about Jake Fromm at Georgia, you know, I get that same vibe as far as just try, having that mentality of, of trying to be as prepared as you can be uh, to be Georgia's starting quarterback if you if that opportunity presents itself. And I think that's, you know, just like Jake Fromm did as a freshman 2017, I think Carson is – is in Athens, you know, obviously now help, you know, preparing them in bowl practice, but 
he's got that same mentality that, that Jake came to Georgia with. And that that is something that, I mean, you got to look at as a huge plus at the quarterback position. And, and again, he could, you know, that opportunity could come quickly for him to to be the quarterback for Georgia. But regardless, it, it has to be, you know, something that the Georgia coaching staff is really excited about having a guy who who's just coming in, attacking everything and trying to soak up as much as he can, you know, right now with his time with Jake from, you know, not knowing whether he's going to have an entire offseason with him or a couple weeks. You know, Carson's trying to learn as, as much as he can. And he has shown that, you know, he has that 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 mental aptitude to be able to to pick things up quickly. That's what I saw at the opening finals, you know, out there in Texas is that he can pick things up quickly. He does have the physical skill you look for at the position. So, I I mean, I agree with you, Jake. I think it's something that is not getting talked about a lot because Georgia was looking to get another quarterback, you know, in this class because, I mean, they needed to be prepared. They might not have a lot of quarterbacks in that room next year. It's something that Carson was completely – okay with and they completely communicated with him we might need another quarterback uh, but he's not worried about that his own personal journey and development has been his focus and, and I think that is exactly what you want in a quarterback coming in knowing that they're you know they have a lot to learn and a you know in that system and running Georgia's offense you can't ask for anything more than what Carson is bringing to the table right now mentally and physically for Georgia Absolutely, and and yeah, Kip, you hit on a great point there. Is the fact that Georgia was wanting to sign another quarterback probably had a lot to do with the fact that Beck kind of got overlooked as a big time prospect or as a as a big addition for this team uh, there on uh, on on the early signing day. Uh, Rusty, you're going to San Antonio, is that correct? Correct. All right, Kip's going to San Antonio. I mean, sorry, Rusty's going to San Antonio. Kip's going to uh, Under Armour game. I'm going to be in New Orleans. Going to go ahead and tell everybody right now, we do not know what the rest of the year is going to look like from a podcast standpoint, but it's looking pretty bleak. Because... I can we'll be back in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you made that call. <laughs> I'll just be honest with these guys. I cannot thank everybody enough and yeah. all about how crazy it is, and we had no idea it would take off like this. But yeah, when we sign off here in a minute, it's been a hell of a first year of 2019, and it'll be – Shortly after 2020, because we don't have the capabilities yet to uh, take this band of Motley Crew on the show on the road yet. Oh and, yeah, yeah, it, air, air, aeroplanes, it, podcast uh, equipment, and aeroplanes. I, I don't really feel comfortable taking mine on there. That's some expensive equipment for me to try to check a bag. So, I'll say this now: in years past, in San Antonio, it has been a lot, a lot of UGA flavor. My man Kip is about to buckle up in Orlando because there's going to be 10 or 11 Georgia commits, targets, everything you can name. And uh, Kip's going to be – Kip's going to be – he's going to have some busy, busy times down there. So I know that man's getting some rest for next week. Bring it on. <laughs> bring, me back, bring me back some Mickey Mouse ears, man. Uh, Kip's going to beat his record from the open. He wrote like 29 stories that first night. I won't be beating my record, but I'll, I'll, I will be uh, – I'll be putting some time in. That's – you know that's my favorite setting, man. When you get in there and you're able to to, to get as much intel as possible and, and catch up with these guys, uh, you know that's that's just you know something that I, I kind of uh, I mean I, I do my best in those situations, so I'm ready for it. Take the bet right now, either one of you. Jordan Birch talks or does it? 
does does not. <laughs> is yeah. his mom there with him? I, I'm sure she will be. I'm sure at some point. Um, he may, you know, that it may be one of those things we're listening. If you come down and you're on our dime and you and our apparel and honored, you know, and I, I've talked to him. I mean, he's 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 a great young man. So that that is the story. That, that when he lands in Orlando, there, that 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 young man is going to be highly coveted. So I'm just interested to see if he'll he'll talk or not. Well, I'm preparing for the Big Easy for the third time, and and I think like 14 months. You know, Georgia LSU, Georgia Sugar Bowl last year. I, I got a good game plan going. My man Tim Watts from over at our Bama side has has basically scheduled my trip for me from a dinner standpoint. So I can't wait for that. Uh, anybody who wants to hang out, any Georgia fans who want to hang out, and and, and you're going to be there, just shoot me a direct message over at Dogs Twenty Four Seven or tweet at me, and I'd love to meet up and and shake some hands and get to know some folks, maybe play some blackjack. If you'll stake me to fifty bucks at the blackjack table, I'll probably hang out with any of you all night long. So, uh, uh, I, I I'm a I'm a fool for playing blackjack, but uh, this is it for 2020. We've had a great time at the Junkyard Dogcast. We will be back. We will talk National Signing Day, the second signing day. We're going to talk Georgia and uh, and Baylor and the Sugar Bowl. We're going to have that all recapped for you. But for this episode and for 2019 of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. We're all with dogs 24-7, and we really appreciate it, everybody. Take care. <laughs>